<laughs> Let's find out what happens this time. Hello. Uh, welcome back for another... <laughs> welcome back for another exciting episode of So There Was This Guy, where the bedroom is the classroom. I'm your host, psychotherapist Jordana Delfeld, and today we are at home in Berlin with the lovely, maybe this was what scared it, maybe, maybe it was the business card the first time, anyway, here we are at home in Berlin with the lovely Alia Sadegi Pool. Is it still working? It's still working. It's still going. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was the last name. That wouldn't be the first time it's happened. Oh, I just can't handle it. Anyway, hello. Hi. Hi, Jordana. Hey. Hey, what's up? Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's up? <laughs> I is a fabulous pirate queen and a wonderful wordsmith. I love wordsmiths. They, they speak to me. Um, you make me laugh, you make me emote, you are a wonderful public speaker. I wish I could have come to your class. Thank you. Hopefully there will be more. Um, <laughs> anyway, here. <laughs> I'll just hold okay, this. Hold on, let me... <laughs> okay, is this... <laughs> Mom, it's a microphone. It's a microphone, just so you know. question but yeah okay (laughs) tell us us about tell us about what's in your card yeah um sure so there you go there's my card there you go right there uh so that's yeah so that's my blog so that's where I post um everything my blogs my publications if I have any performances or workshops coming up it's all linked to that weird thing right there uh what it means is entirely up to you I will not tell people what it means all right yeah there will be a link in the there you go description. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, um, yeah, so I'm here because, uh, I decided to move to Berlin to pursue creative writing. Uh, yeah, I know, it's fantastic. But, um, yeah, so I was, uh, I was back in California. I was back in Los Angeles doing the adult thing that was expected of me, right? Like the nine to five job, the working at the community college, you know, apartment by the beach, car, all this kind of stuff, all the stuff that looks really good on paper. You know? so adorable. It's very adult. Oh my god, paying taxes. Oh god, you know quinoa. But kombucha. No, I no, I couldn't do kombucha. Drew the line at kombucha. She drew the line. I I drew it. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I'm sorry. That's why you had to leave California. I I had to. Yeah, (laughs) with the kombucha wave, I was like, okay, this is not for me. Goodbye, California. And that was it. That's true. It's true. Um, But yeah, so so I was doing that for a long time, and then uh, realized I was really unhappy. Even though on paper, right, and uh, my bank account would hypothetically say otherwise, whatever. Money is, forget the capitalist system, it's ruining all of us. But anyway, um, so, so yeah, so I decided uh, to kind of sit with myself and figure out why I was unhappy. And I realized that it was because I was denying a huge component of myself, which was the writing, right? Ever since I was little, I remember writing and telling stories and drawing and doing creative things and... Um, like, it was funny because I even met up with a friend who I knew in middle school, and she was telling me, she's like, yeah, I thought you were, 
I thought you were crazy because I would come over to your house and there would just be writing on every single surface you could write on. And I, and then, you know, she realized it's because I ran out of paper and I just couldn't stop and I kept going. Um, so I always had this kind of like fuel and desire to write and tell stories. So for me, if I was to turn to my parents and be like, guess what? I'm going to write poems and books and maybe I'll be successful and maybe I'll make money or not, but I don't care about money. Like for them, it was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, you know, and, and granted, of course, my parents uh, are very supportive of what I do now and they, their, their concern was mainly like, can you take care of yourself? So because of that, I, I denied that part of myself for a long time. So I was like, I, I wrote for fun. It was like a hobby yeah, exactly. It was a hobby that you do in your free time. And then the rest of my time was spent trying to get my, uh, my education, which coincidentally continued to push me in that direction, even though I didn't anticipate it. So I went to Humboldt State University in uh, Northern California, ended up getting my degree in English with an area of emphasis teaching English as a second language. I actually didn't think further than that. I didn't realize that. <laughs> like, th there was no intention of like, oh, I'm going to use this in a different country. Just like, this is what was interesting, and I went with it. And then, uh, yeah, I moved back down south and uh, ended up getting my master's in literature and writing studies. How do these things happen? <laughs> it's so weird. It's just so strange. <laughs> yeah, there's no pattern here at all. No, patterns don't exist. Nope, no way. Yeah, all right. Uh, but yeah, so, so then um, so after doing that, and then, you know, I had a, I had a very big pivotal moment breaking up with my, my ex, which we will get to, we'll get there. Um, and then, yeah, and then I decided, okay, well, I have to prove to myself that I am successful, that I can do these things. And yet again, my, my idea of success was connected to stability and finance. So then that's where I ended up working at like community colleges and living near the beach and living in Long Beach and doing all this kind of stuff. And then that's when I came full circle and realized like, you're doing this stuff, you can do it, in this vein, you are successful, but you're not happy. So how about you honor yourself and give yourself an opportunity to do something you've denied for a really, really long time? Damn, that was so ballsy. Yeah. <laughs> it was so scary, though. <laughs> it was so scary. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, <laughs> right? Like, we, yeah, we were just talking about this. Like, nothing is, is scarier than realizing, like, Oh, my whole life is in two suitcases and now I'm just going to move to another country where like, I also didn't know anybody. Like I didn't know anybody moving here. I don't have family here. I don't have friends here. You know, I lived in a hotel in Pankow for like a couple weeks. Like I like, just gotta do it. Um, you know, and, uh, and it was, it was beautiful though, because once I told my mom that, um, and, and my sisters and actually almost everybody in my family, they, my mom's immediate reaction to me was, okay, you have to, like, it, like it was, it was, that was it. Like you just have to do it. Wow. Yeah. Good for your mom. Right. Yeah. Like she, <laughs> yeah, she's, she's fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And then that was it. And of course my father was also, uh, supportive. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I do. I do have a so there was this guy story. Right. Um, and it, it starts with a guy and then goes to a guy and a gal. And then it goes to uh, me alone. 
but not in a bad way, like in a good way. Like, <laughs> yeah, we need like different words to describe it because yeah, you know, that's a good way. Like, let's say me by myself. Yeah. Because it has a different, you know, different connotations. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Because alone, yeah, alone has, like, this kind of, like, set, like, I'm so alone. <laughs> no one but, yeah, but that's not true. Like, yes, I'm alone, but I'm also surrounded by love, and I have a network of people that love me. So I don't f actually feel alone. So, yeah. So I, myself I is probably, mean. yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. Okay, so. So there was this guy. So there was this guy. Yeah, there was this guy that I was with for almost nine years. Oh, didn't mention that. <laughs> ah. Oh, yeah. Nine years. Yeah, yeah, almost nine years. Nine yeah. years. Yeah, so for most of my 20s, uh, yeah, I met him when I was like 18. Um, so so I feel like I might need to give a little bit of backstory. This is a, it's a little bit of a long story. Okay, but I'll just uh, bring my purple smoke machine. I was like, oh. <laughs> right, okay. Okay, now just imagine me looking the exact same, but like maybe 10 pounds heavier and a really horrible haircut. Just like, like horrible, like bangs, like me, like just, yeah, just imagine that. Like, um, right? <laughs> right? Um, so, so I was working at Hollywood Video. Um, so for those of you in the United States uh, who might be of a younger generation, a long time ago before Netflix, we had to rent videos from a video store. I know. Yeah, and, and the videos came on, on discs and these giant, they look like black bricks. Oh. Yeah, I know. It's, Sounds very it's, archaic. It is. It is very, very archaic, especially when those evil human beings re did not rewind the tapes before oh. returning them. Oh, my gosh. And, oh, God. Um, so, yeah, so, so I used to work at this video store. Uh, luckily, the German audiences get this because they still have them here, right? So you understand Video Center. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was working at this video store, and, uh, and that's how I met this guy, right? Uh, he will remain nameless, um, but that's how I met him. So before working at this video store, what people kind of need to understand is uh, I had a really hard time with body image and self-worth. So when I was like in middle school, um, I was really, really heavily picked on. Like I was called uh, tons of names. I was like chubby, but I wasn't actually chubby. I just kind of had boobs and a butt. Like I hit puberty before everybody else. And then when you hit puberty before everybody else, you just look bigger than everybody. Like it just- Was everyone else a wasp by any chance? Yeah, they were. Bloody enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right, yeah, and they're all named Brittany, Brittany, and Brittany. Like it's just, yeah, <sighs> exactly. Mine were all named Melissa and Jessica, but same thing. Yeah. I think they were also named Brittany. Right, yeah, yeah. It's always them. Um, but yeah, so, so. Uh, yeah. The red light is, yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mercury, Mercury. yeah. <laughs> I know. So. Um, but yeah, so, so I had a lot of issues, like body image issues, right? Like I, um, as I said, like uh, I, I, had, I had hair on my body. Like I was darker. So my hair apparently seemed more noticeable. I had boobs. I had my period. I had curves, like. Um, yeah, and, and they always made fun of me. They always called me like fat or hairy, and um, like like when I was in middle school, they they thought I was like so hairy that they called me uh, the beast from the Middle East. Oh no, it's okay. They were assholes. It's fine. <laughs> it's, it's okay. There's a special place in. Hell for you. 
I know, right? Yeah, it's cool. It's cool, you know. <laughs> and it's all context, right? Because I, I come here or I go to France and women don't shave anything and I feel like I'm a home. I'm like, thank God. Like, yes, you know. It's all context, right? Okay. Um, but but nonetheless, that st- stuck with me, right? So, like, what happened to me in middle school and being made fun of, uh, in my brain went, you're ugly, you're not attractive. Like, like that's how it kind of clicked in my brain. And then I just kind of left it. Um, and I didn't really pursue any of that kind of stuff further. Like I never, um, tried to really hit on people or date people. I never tried, uh, I never saw myself as being attractive. Um, and then in high school, like I, I dated some people, but it's, I never felt like I could really connect with them. It always felt a little detached. I recognize a lot of it was also probably my own issue, right? My own self-worth. And then essentially I just kind of like isolated from that, that whole realm, the whole realm of like dating and courting and all that. I was just like, and just kind of pushed against it and just kind of did my own thing. So, um, so yeah. So when I graduated high school and started working at this, this video store, um, the, the guy that I fell madly in love with was of course the first guy that, uh, I thought in my brain found me attractive. So he was like one of the first guys that like started flirting with me and hitting on me. And in my brain, I finally went like, Wow, I found one that thinks I'm pretty and attractive. Wow, one of them does exist, right? Of course, having not realized, like, stupid, there were a bunch of other people too, but you just, you know, you didn't see it or you weren't, you know. Um, So yeah, so then that's how I ended up connecting with him, right? So we were flirting a lot. It was like getting along really well. As I said, I would like just turned 18. and And then of course I was just completely infatuated, just completely infatuated in love. And he kind of, became the center of my everything. Like anything he wanted, I tried to do. Like, um, I, I remember driving down to San Diego, I think at like eight or nine in the evening to buy this shirt for a band that he really liked just because I knew he really liked this band and I wanted to give him this thing. And I, it was like a three hour round trip down to San Diego and back just for this one thing. Right. So, um, I'm also very much a person, uh, they always talk about like the five love languages, right? I'm not very vocal. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not necessarily going to tell you every single day. I love you and you're gorgeous. And, but okay. Unless you're my lady friends, cause you're all freaking gorgeous. You know, I'll tell you, you know, that's true. Um, but, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not very vocal. Um, I'm, I'm more action based. So I will physically show you that I will give you a present. I will be there when you need me to show up. Like I'm, I'm more of that kind of a person, right? I dig it. Yeah, well, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. Which, which unfortunately has also backfired uh, because some people don't get that. So, uh, for example, dating here, uh, I, yeah, I'm not very vocal. I'm not going to tell you what my emotions are unless you ask me. Like, I, you know, I'm not going to do these things. So I've actually had quite a few issues dating people here because they'll say, like, we, I, just, I just don't understand you. What do you, like, what do you feel? What do you want? What, what are you thinking? I'm like... A lot of things, but you didn't ask me any of those things, so I'm not going to tell you those things. Like I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, okay, the slight tangent. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so so madly in love with this guy, super super infatuated. Um, yeah, and then in the first two years were also great. Like you know, it was the first first couple times where I was like, wow, sex feels good. This is a pleasant thing. Hey. Yeah. Like, like prior to that, um, I mean, I remember losing my virginity at the age of 18 and it was like, <laughs> it was on my to-do list oh, traveling wow. Europe. Like that's what it was. I was like, I was like doing this backtracking, back, 
Uh, backpacking trip in Europe. Yeah, that's what it was like. It was like, see the Eiffel Tower, drink beer in Germany, lose virginity, see Greek islands. Like, it was just, it was just something like that where I was like, got to get this Band-Aid off. Okay, cool. Like, yeah. Yeah, so for me, that that's what it was. Like, my first experiences of sex were, this is a thing, got it done. Okay, good. All right, now take a shower. Like, that, that was it, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so so with this guy, it was like, oh my God, this sex feels good and it's enjoyable and I like it, right? Um, yeah, so so then that's kind of how it all started. And um, and then, and then uh, so this was also during my 20s, right? So this is, I'm going to community college. I'm about to transfer to Humboldt State University. I'm getting ready for this big change in my life. And um, before this started to happen, uh, I started recognizing small patterns with him, right? So I interpreted it as, oh, he's really loving and interested in everything I do and super like involved in my life, not realizing that there's a difference between being involved and obsessed. Yeah. I need a little red flag prop. Right? Like, <laughs> red flag! <laughs> exactly. Just start throwing down the cards. Like, hey, here's one. Um, but you but I think, especially when it comes to certain types of um, obsession or abuse, it's not obvious. Like, if it's physical abuse, okay, I suppose it could be more obvious. But if it's, like, emotional or mental, it's not always as obvious, right? It starts kind of small. Um, so for him, he, he had a lot of fucking issues. He was, like, an adopted-only child, um, incredibly kind of self-centered, very narcissistic, very, very spoiled. Like, his parents... Um, I mean, up until even when we broke up, his parents would do everything. He would say, I need a car, they'll buy it for him. Like, you know, I, uh, I want to move here, they pay for everything. Like, so it suddenly makes sense that a girlfriend who would drive to San Diego just to get him a t-shirt is like, ah, perfect. Exactly. It all comes clear. Exactly, right? And in my mind, it was more like, this is what you do for people. You, you do everything for them, of which I've also learned right from this experience as well right yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah but but it, yeah so like it, it started as like little things like things like um uh like what, what would be a good example of this ah like like i'm texting with someone and he's like oh who are you texting Oh, why I'm, does he need to know? Exactly. But like, exactly, like little things like that. And of course, in my mind, I was like, yeah, it's just my mom. Oh yeah, I'm just talking to my sister. Yeah. And then of course, even with an example like that, it started transitioning into like, once we started to move in together, if I was even on the phone talking to someone, he would always be hanging out in the same room. And then if I would like leave to go to a different room and continue my conversation, you know, regardless of who I was talking to, he would then like ask me about it. Like, who were you talking to? What were you talking about? Hey, babe, but, but he would do it in the guise of like, hey, what were we talking about? Oh, really? Your mom? Oh, you should tell her I say hi. You know, next time you can just hang out in here. I don't mind. Like it was, it was like stuff like that. And then of course it continuously progressed to worse and worse, especially as the relationship got worse. Um, I think he became a lot more um, controlling because he, he felt like he was losing control and the relationship was going to shit, you know? Um, Exactly. Hang on harder. Yeah, exactly. Harder. Exactly, right? Just, just like, oh! Exactly. I, exactly. <laughs> I, I can't let you go. <laughs> exactly. Boy. Yeah. But at the time, you were a young whippersnapper. Yes. You, you, you didn't have accumulated years of Pyroclean wisdom. Yeah, Not exactly. Not that they always help, but at least Yeah. This was the first time. Yeah. Presumably. And I hope it was the last time for this particular Exact situation. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. 
because it is fun to make the same mistake many, many times. So right. I, I, I'm glad that once was enough. Yeah, yeah. So, well, especially, you know, it, it also depends on how bad a mistake hurts you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, if it hurts bad enough, you kind of realize, like, okay, maybe I shouldn't do that again. Oh, Hopefully. So here was this guy, and he, he needed to have control over, sounds like, all of your social and emotional boundaries, if I can yes. posit that. Yeah, yeah, precisely. I'm going to posit that. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, and as he felt more and more not in control... Yeah. Yeah. If you're willing to say, outside of the relationship, what was going on in the rest of his life that may have contributed to this feeling of not in controlness? Um, nothing. Well, and that's exactly why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, a whole lot of nothing. Um, he was an individual that kept like. Uh, kept trying to get a job and then couldn't hold on to it for more than three months. You know, kept trying to go to school and then would stop going to classes. Kept trying to do things and then not doing it. So that would be why he had to be like, oh, I got this one thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> so there you were, getting yeah. squoze into a vice-like vice of Iciness. I'm just <laughs> and now you're sitting sitting here in my fabulous apartment in Berlin and we yep. love being immigrants and this story yep. is in the past and you're like gorgeous and fabulous and everything <laughs> you know, you. in this new phase of evolution. So what happened in between Mr. So? Yeah. How that how that phone call with your mom go? And now like this is this is this is this is tough. Yeah, yeah, the the um the end bit gets interesting. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so um so, so yeah, so as so we were like together for almost nine years. Uh, when I was younger, I thought like this was gonna be the guy that I was gonna marry. Like, right? Like one does think like that, yeah. especially when one is young, right? Yeah, you know, and, and when you're so into it, and um also also like I was I was working my ass off, right? So I was like going to school. That, that's also what was very frustrating, right? He could barely hold his job for three months, and here I was working 40-plus hours a week in a managerial position my two days off from 10 to 10. I'm at school. like So I also like, I don't have time for your shit. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I don't have time for that. I am setting up what I thought was our life. Of course, it was really my life that I was setting up, and I, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, so we were together for a long time, and I'd say right around year five. Year five is when it totally hit, and I went... This ain't gonna work. This is not gonna work. Something's wrong. Clearly, it's not gonna work. Yet again, still not quite understanding what, right? Recognize my own naivete in a lot of ways. Um, but I also recognize that I was incredibly fucking stubborn. So stuff was not working at year five. And for the last, next four years, I kept going and kept trying to fix it and fix it and fix it and push it and do these things and do these things and do these things, right? To make yeah, it better. Yeah, yeah. And I kept trying to change and I kept trying to do things and he would not. He just always stayed the same, which is yet again something I realized where it's like, you should never expect someone else to change. If you want to be with someone, if you love a person, love them as they are. Do not expect to be like, oh, and then one day they'll get it together, because they might not. And that's not fair for you. That's also not a fair expectation to put on another person. You know what I mean? But nonetheless, for four years, I kept trying and doing all these things. I get it. I get it. It's so tempting to do so. I've, I've done it myself. 
Right, yeah. What if we were your perfect no change? <laughs> right? God, yeah. Just like you would be so much happier if you were more like I want you to be. Right. We would be so much happier if you yes. were more like I want you to be. Yeah. And I and it's easy to see the, the ghost of potential in people and just try to cultivate it. Exactly. Immediately make it come out. So that's the answer to wow, four more years after yeah. already seeing the writing on the wall. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, and then also in these four years, it was also like, um, as I said, like, so I'm, I'm still getting degrees. So I'm still working on things. Uh, I've now found myself in an educational situation, like getting my master's where I was like, wow, people value my ideas. Wow. They're helping my creativity grow. Wow. I'm making connections with people that are not part of our old friend circle that he knows, you know what I mean? So I'm also starting to identify who I am again, like, oh, th this is who I am, and this is what people value, and people value me, like, I mean something, you know. Um, and uh, what I was also realizing during this time, too, was um, I'm not 100% straight. Important to know. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, you know what? I don't really see necessarily gender unless people identify it. What I see are human beings, and that's why, for me, it's really important to talk to someone and connect with someone because I don't care about this. What I care about is what's in here. Like, who, who are you? Um, and then I also recognize... Which is a much more important question, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> that is the question. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so, so I started recognizing like that about myself, which uh, yet again, upon reflection, I realized like ever since I was a kid, I was like this. It's so strange how we just like deny parts of ourselves or just kind of forget things that we always were. I, I don't know. It can take a long time. Sometimes it doesn't even ever happen. But it's like, yeah. oh, right. That thing that I always knew. Yeah. Just, it takes so long to just get rid of the stuff that we add on and like get back to who we were. Yeah. Or have always been. Like, I think a real education should be seen as a subtractive process. Acquire a lot of stuff and then you get rid of all of it. Okay. Yeah. We got it. So yeah. there you are, finally getting back to you. Yeah. Which I yeah. hope will be an ongoing process that takes you the rest of your life. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm a big advocate that, like, yeah, you, you never stop growing. And when, when you think you do, you're not. Like, you're not that's, done that's yet. The, you know, like, yeah, you're yeah. not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you're like, I got this, that's, that's when it's like, okay, now we're ready to begin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Welcome to the starting line. Yeah. So yeah. there you are, realizing yeah. that sexuality is a spectrum. Yeah. And that the human being is potentially, and should be, the most important thing. Yes. Yeah. Which causes, unfortunately, a lot of problems when you are with an individual who is very, you know, constrictive and controlling and has a very specific idea of who they assume you to be. He sounds very um, fear-based. He is, yeah, he was very fear-based. not very growth-oriented. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he probably found this incredibly attractive of you. Like, oh, so different, how wonderful. But at the same time, so different, how scary. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was mainly, I think for him, um, I think for him and his interpretation, it was so different, so scary, because in, in his brain, it was like, so different, so scary, and if you are queer, then you're just gonna have sex with anybody and everyone. Like, a complete fucking, like, messed up perspective of what it means to be on a spectrum, right? Like, just, 
it's it's like the same misassumption people make about like uh, bisexuals. Well, if you're a bisexual, you could just fuck both people and you just have freedom of it. Like it's the whole world is your restaurant. I'm like, that's disgusting. We don't look at, no, no, no. Like we don't go to this like human buffet and just, just go like vaginas and dicks and vaginas and dicks. Like, it, it, or alternatives. Like, like we don't, we don't like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. oh. Going in for seconds. <laughs> so yeah. Be warm, but this guy yeah. who is something less and less like a shoe that fits your growing, well, we'll call it a foot. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll just sit with feet for now. <laughs> like talking about spectrums of interest. Uh, let's get away from feet now. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So exactly. And, and it was, it started to become this moment of, me growing and me getting better, it, it felt very much, uh, I'll never forget this because I was having a conversation with my best friend and I was talking to her about this saying like, hey, I don't think this is working. I think we need to break up and I'm scared because you know, uh, it would admit that I'm wrong. There might be, <laughs> right? Like it would admit that I spent nine years in this relationship and at the end, trying to fix it, realizing that it didn't work, that I'm wrong, you know? Uh, so you're wrong, so what? Exactly, exactly. You cannot blame yourself for not already knowing something that you hadn't learned yet. Exactly. Yeah. I know, it's like, damn, wisdom. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah, and then, I, and then I was, uh, yeah, I'm talking to my best friend about this, and we're talking about this, and we're talking about, and, the last couple of years realizing that uh, this is not gonna work, right? So last four years were my stubbornness of making it work. And then the last two years got really bad. The last two years, we knew we were gonna break up. We fought every single day. We had not been intimate or had sex for at least a year and a half. Ooh. And we were living together. Oh, yeah. That's two stubborn people. Yeah, like I, there would even be nights where um, like he would, like there would even be nights where we were not sleeping in the same bed where I'd wake up and he was sleeping on the couch and I was sleeping in the bed or vice like just so many red flags, so many red flags of like, this is done, be done, you know? Um, it can be hard to let go of something that's familiar and yeah. something unfamiliar. Yeah, absolutely. Probably for a whole other conversation, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I, and I think it's also difficult too, to break up with someone when you have uh, when, when they're very deeply embedded in your life and you have a history, you know what I mean? Like my friend group, we're also his friends now too. Um, and then actually after the breakup, I lost all of them. I lost all of my friends, um, because they all sided with, well, him and my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so, so everything, the last couple of years just got, kept getting progressively worse. Like, yeah, no sex, not sleeping next to each other, a lot of fighting, uh, he, he started to get from emotionally abusive, like really emotionally abusive. Like you, how could you ever fucking survive without it? You're never going to succeed. Like, you know, yeah. Like badgering me with things, uh, and, and those types of phrases. Um, and then, uh, and then it started to get bad. So then it started to get to points where we would get into fights and he wouldn't throw things at me. He would throw them next to me. Like things? Do you mean things like words or things like Like things? objects. Things like objects. Things like objects. Oh. Yes. So, Ooh. yeah. Yeah. And you allowed this to happen more than once. 
It's okay. Yeah, I did. We've all done things. Yeah, I mean, realistically, okay. I let it happen for a couple of years. Like, yeah. that leveled for, for a couple of years. Yeah, wow. I did. Um, Stubborn. Hang yeah. on to the thing. Try to make it work. Yeah. If it well, doesn't work, try harder. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's very much um, like the pit bull thing that they always say in psychology, right? Where it's like they, they attack one minute, and then... It, I love pit bulls, by the way. I don't like this term in psychology, but this is what they say. Where like they attack one minute and it hurts, and then like a minute, and then for the, like the next couple of days they're fine. They're like, hey, oh, I'm sorry, I love you, I'm doing nice things for you. And then there's another attack, and then so that was also part of it too. It was a combination of stubbornness as well as that, like, well, but he's nice most of the other times, mm. right? Um, so, so in the last, uh, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> I know that better. Right. You're like, oh, you're so good today. <laughs> Exactly. Sometimes you know something. I get it. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah. So so uh, what we started to do is we started to talk about these kinds of like we started to talk about more. We started talking about like okay, well, what the hell is the future going to be? What the hell's going on? My other thing was is like you're not pulling your weight. <laughs> like Clearly, in you don't like have a, any room. Yeah. Us. Yeah. Exactly. And for me, that was a big thing. Is like I want an actual partner, like someone who can stand on their own two feet, and we are actual equals. We are not equals right now, you know? Um, and then, and then my, my best friend had like, I think a party at her house and that's where I met, uh, who became the lady who became my girlfriend. So uh, we're at this party at her house and, uh, and I see this like gorgeous redheaded spirit of a person just like, Sounds amazing. yeah, no, <laughs> she, she was, and she still is actually. Um, yeah. And I, and I just remember like, seeing hair and then like energy and like, Oh, that's amazing. And it had been so long since I also felt that way towards another person, you know, like after so much of being beaten down. Um, and then, and I talked to her and I like, we really connected. And then, um, that night we went home, uh, went home with my, my boyfriend and I kind of brought up the question of like, well, Hey, I'm kind of queer maybe. And, uh, I'm kind of okay with loving, a couple people like I'm okay with this like I don't have issues with this that's uh, quite ballsy <laughs> of you to say to this guy by the way given what you've told us about him yeah well um so, yeah and, and interestingly enough his his response was woo I could have sex with two women so like hey. <laughs> yeah yeah so so for him I don't think it fully registered as like oh that's what it is for him I think he just saw it as like woo more sex yay like Okay, good. So, so I think he saw it as a fulfillment of more sexual needs. I saw it as a fulfillment of connection with a person, an emotional connection. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, so yeah. So, so we decided, okay, we're gonna open our relationship to this person, um, and uh, yeah, and and then we all started kind of dating each other, and we would um, like her and I would go on a date. You know, um, my boyfriend and her would go on a date. We'd go on a dates together. Um, and then things started to shift. And this is where I kind of realized that my dynamic with him, uh, it got a little bit better and then it just went back to normal, right? The same emotional thing, this kind of thing. Um, and then his dynamic with her was also way more powerful and intimate than anything that we had had. Yeah, and that's where I started to realize, I'm like, okay, he doesn't love me the same way he loves her, obviously. He doesn't feel connected to me the same way he feels connected to her. Um, he also started spending more time with her, even though we didn't necessarily agree on that. 
So that was also a big issue. Uh, if you are, I mean, if you're ever in an open relationship or a polyamorous relationship, like there's a reason why there's rules and it's not because there are rules to polyamory. There's rule because you're being conscientious of everybody's feelings, right? And everybody's needs like that. That's where it comes from. So then when I would turn to him and be like, Hey, look, I really want to spend time with just you this weekend. He would uh, make some up, make something up and then like end up going and hanging out with her. So there were a lot of a lot, a lot of issues. Um, and the other thing that people have to understand is during this, this time when we were all dating, um, this is when I was getting my master's. So I was at like my high level of stress. And I also was horribly, horribly injured in a roller derby accident where I hurt my cossacks, so my tailbone, and I dislocated both my hips. So this was like probably one of the lowest points in my life where I remember laying on the ground, not being able to move because that's how messed up I was. Like I could not move. The only position I could be in was laying and standing sometimes. And then my computer's gonna do a thing. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, it was like laying and then standing sometimes and then standing for too long hurt. So I remember like laying there on the floor, trying to talk to him about like, hey, if you go this weekend, no, like this is too much for me. I need your, I need your fucking help. Like I need your help here. Like I can't, fucking go to the bathroom by myself. I can't, you know, so I'm in this, this state of like intense pain, intense vulnerability. And then that's where all of his true colors really came out and it hit me. And I went, I don't deserve someone like this. Like, this is not someone I should be with. Like in, in this moment where I need help and it's also very difficult for me to ever ask for help and I'm asking for it and this person's not helping me. And I'm literally laying on the ground where they're going and you know, fucking my girlfriend, <laughs> like, you know, like, Ooh. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, and then that's where I was like, no, I'm done. I am fucking done. I am fucking done. Um, so then I started to slowly uh, put my feelers out there because I was also very worried. I was very, very concerned that if I said, hey, we're going to break up, I'm going to move, that he was going to turn abusive. Um, hey, turn. Yeah, um. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, even more so, right? Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I remember uh, even before dating um, you know, this woman that we would have conversations about that. I'm like, hey, we're not happy. Why don't we just break up? And he, he would say things like, well, if, if you leave me, I'm going to kill myself. Or um, if you leave me, I'm going to, you know, this cat that I had adopted um, for him because he was lonely. He's like, if, if you leave, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the cat to the vet or the pound and put her down because I can't stand to see her. You know, uh, she'll remind me of you. Um, side note, I stole the cat. She lives with me now in Berlin. <laughs> She's very happy. She's doing fantastic. <laughs> I was like, how dare you try and hurt an animal? Like, <laughs> um, so yeah, so yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so, the, so I was like, I, I was scared and I was worried that it was going to blow up. And um, also to further complicate things, at this point, uh, we were also living with his parents because he did not generate any income and I was in the process of getting my master's and working so I couldn't afford to live in the area that we were living. So we were like living with his parents at the time, right? So it's just shit after just piled on and piled on and piled on. And uh, yeah, and then I, as I said, I remember laying there and thinking, okay, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And um, the solidifying moment for me, the thing that really like, okay, good for you, move on was um, this post on Instagram, good old social media. Uh, <laughs> so there was this post on Instagram where they got, <laughs> they got like matching tattoos. 
It was so perfect. It was like the weekend before I was like in pain and he had left. And then the weekend after I get this same thing. I was like, Hey, please don't leave. I need help. Okay. Bye. And then he left. And then, yeah. And then I see this thing on Instagram where they got tattoos and I'm like, note to self. Do you really want to be with a human being that randomly tattoos themselves to this person they met a couple months ago? No, that's embarrassing. We are done now. Like, like no. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I made that call and uh, I think really, really early the next morning, they all like, they all showed up. Um, it, and you also have to understand this is a shitty side of me, right? So I also kind of did this because I knew that he could not come down because he was back in LA with my girlfriend and they were gonna celebrate his birthday. And I was supposed to come up the next day. And I knew that was gonna be my ticket out. That is the only way I could get out was that timing. So I recognize the shittiness, shittiness of being like, yo, peace out on your birthday, fuck you. But like, <laughs> on the other hand, it guaranteed my safety. I knew I could get out, you know? Um, so yeah, so so I, I packed up as much as I could. My, my mom and my stepdad showed up. My, my best friend showed up. His, his, oh my gosh, his parents were like kind of hysterical, like what's going on, what's happening. And I just had to explain to his mom because, you know, I didn't want to blacklist him for his whole family. That's his business. But I was like, you should talk to your son. Like that, that's kind of all I kept saying is you should talk to your son. Um, and of course, you know, cause I, I appreciated and respected his parents. They were good freaking people. They did really amazing things to help me. You know what I mean? Like letting me stay in their house and things like that. So I was like, you can talk to your son about this. Um, so yeah, so moved everything out. I took as much as I could. Um, I mean, granted there were some things left behind that I couldn't take, you know, like I had a, a collection of like old video games from when I had been growing up. I had like various collections of things that I just, I, I had to leave. Um, but that's okay because these are just objects. And in the process I got, you know, to where I am now, I got this amazing cat. <laughs> that is the most precious thing I've ever met in my life. That is also the most laid back cat I've ever had. Like this little thing was stuck in a little carrier for 18 hours, like getting over here and she was fine. We lived wow. in a hotel together. You she was fine. It's like, actually a dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's amazing. Like, she's just amazing. She is. Um, but yeah, yeah, and then that's that's what happened. And then I ended up living with, with my parents for a couple months, right, while I was trying to fix myself. Uh, Presumably and, you broke up with your girlfriend too. So were there like two separate breakups required or was like one blanket one enough? Uh, yeah, it well, so I, I broke up with him and then sh it was also really shitty because we had been together for nine years. My girlfriend and I had only been together for like nine months or so. Um, and he refused to talk to me. He just would not talk to me after nine years of us being together. And then once he found out that I like moved out and I even I was like, Hey, we're done. Um, he, he didn't drive down right away. He like took his time. Uh, then he kind of showed up at my parents' house, uh, in like the evening, not like super late or anything, but in the evening. And all he did was he just came up to me. He's like, is this your decision? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. And then don't ever talk to me again. Don't ever talk to my family again. Don't you dare send any messages or emails to us. Don't you dare ever. I, I never want to see your face again. And I fucking hate you. Like, and that was it. Like, and that is all I have heard from him since. And that was like four years ago. That's, that was the last I have heard from this person that I spent nine years with that I thought I was going to marry. Like that was it. Um, and then, and then on the other hand, uh, my girlfriend or my ex, um, 
she she was a little more she, that was difficult that was difficult because we did feel like connected right um so but yeah i ended up also breaking up with her because she didn't want to break up with him and i can't be in that like i i cannot be connected to that person um so then we broke up and uh and and her i kind of went back and forth a little bit where there were a lot of moments of um you know her saying to me like well i i really loved you and i really connected with you and me saying like yeah <laughs> i can't like no i can't you know um and it's one of those i love you but i love me more moments exactly exactly and for me this is this is what i need and it and to be you know, able to say that yeah that's huge <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah yeah so that's that's what ended up uh, happening there and then i decided like after that because i had been with this person for so long i i felt the need to prove to myself like can you survive on your own can you do it so then that's when i ended up moving to los angeles and doing the adult thing and getting the job and the car and this and I, and I recognize a lot of that was to prove to myself, Boy, look. did you ever. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, you can do it. You can stand up on your own feet. You're a professor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, an, I'm an AP. I'm an associate professor. I'm not, I don't know. It's, 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 just a title, it's a title thing. Um, but thank you. Uh, you taught <laughs> yeah. college. Yeah, I, yeah. Ta I taught people things, you yeah. know. Um, but yeah, and, and then I did that. And then, um, I mean, granted, the other thing, too, in those three years was not only me, me proving to myself, but also me recognizing that, like, I had a lot of baggage. You know what I mean? Like I was going through nine years of abuse and I didn't even know it was abuse. Oh my God. Isn't it you amazing know, like, how long it can take to notice? Yeah. Like, whoa. And yeah. often you can feel like you're the last person to know. Like, yes. Oh. Yes. Right. And then like you're talking to other people. They're like, oh yeah, we, we kind of thought so, but we thought you were in love. So, huh. you know, in, in the family or people doing things to try and like be nice. And you're like, uh, no, you should, next time tell me, okay? Yeah, <laughs> like, that would oh, be please, nice that would thing. be nice. Yeah, exactly. That would be the nice thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but that was also a lot of it, too. It's, I, like, when, when you're going through, and that's why I had to give you my whole backstory, right? So feeling, like, a lot of body issues, then feeling like I could not be loved, and then being infatuated with someone, then being infatuated and in love with someone who was abusive. That's, like, years of mental programming that you have to reprogram you know what i mean so like that was also part of the three years was not only proving to myself that i could be an adult and survive but it was also proving to myself that hey you're not damaged you're a little fucked up but that's okay and you can heal and that was the big thing too so like having having the space and the time and it took like three years to heal and it would be things like you know um, you know, waking up at three in the morning with a panic attack thinking, oh my God, maybe he's at my window. Like, you know what I mean? Or um, having to uh, delete things off Facebook because I can't have them find out where I am. Um, especially because coincidentally, they ended up moving to that same city. So, right. Um, so, yeah. So it was like a lot of um, reprogramming and then also doing things to try and reestablish my own sense of self-worth. You know what I mean? Like, you know, go do yoga, feel good, go sit in the sunlight. Don't you remember how much you like the sun? You know what I mean? Like go listen to the ocean, go meditate, go do these things, like try and fix your poor brain that has been so abused, you know? Um, yeah, <laughs> thank you. I mean, there, there's still little things that are like, mm, um, but, but for the most part, it's, it's, it's a lifetime practice. Exactly, exactly. But it's now functioning, right? It's functioning and functional. Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, 
yeah so so that's like that's the whole backstory with that and then and then the adult thing and then uh, deciding to move to berlin and being supported by my family and uh, as i said part of the other difficulty of um living in los angeles and uh doing the adult thing and reprogramming was also being alone right like i had my family my mom lived like a couple hours away then my sister moved to this california and she lived about like an hour or two away but aside from that i i lost all of my friends you know what i mean they all sided with them i know what it they feels like yeah, yep. you know, and these are like friends I had known way before him since high school. You know what I mean? Like we went way, way, way back. And then, uh, you know, and then you see stuff on on fucking Facebook where it's like, oh, yeah, uh, they just got married and you didn't get invited to their wedding. And oh, yeah, your exes just got married. And oh, yeah, your exes just now had a baby together. Like, like you, you see all this kind of stuff. Right. Um, and that was also difficult to be like, yeah, that's not that's not. I'm not a part of that. Um, but then on the other side, what's interesting is on the other side, it's also very much helped me solidify who I am today, right? Like, because... You actually stole the words out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you know, because I, I don't know, like, I look back at that, right? Like, I look back at their wedding photos, and I look back at, like, their posts about, like, you know, oh, our baby, and this is just our Instagram about our kids and stuff, and I... And I also recognize, I'm like, you know what, self? I never wanted that life anyway. I never wanted to really be married at the in my 20s. I don't want kids. I didn't really want to have kids. Like, I didn't want, I didn't want that life that they had. And then I was like, okay, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. I'm okay that I, you know, it's not a lo- losing the friend group. I was just growing away from them we were on just different life paths like that's what they wanted to do with their lives and that's what makes them happy but it's not what i want to do with my life and it wasn't going to make me happy you know <laughs> self-awareness oh. that's years in the process right like, <laughs> so many people don't even do any part of the process so once they have done just... <laughs> yeah, oh. thank you. I, I would have you by now so many little leading prompts and little leading questions and little boundary causing suggestive prompters but I haven't needed to because you've done it all yourself <laughs> <laughs> you've been on this journey of self-growth and awareness and you've been figuring out exactly the kind of questions I would have handed you <laughs> and coming to exactly the same kind of moments of self-awareness that I would have hoped for you <laughs> Right? Okay, totally. cool, perfect. Right. <laughs> and of course, the most important thing you did, something rightish me fully, was that you did something wrong. That is so yeah. important. You have to do something wrong. Yeah. You have to do something wrong. Or, you know, it's yeah, like, exactly. It's, it's yeah. not even wrong. It's like a friend of mine once said, you know, you go out in the world and you do things, and either you win or you learn. And if you learn, you still win because you learned something. So yeah, exactly, exactly. And like, I, I would never, you know, especially now looking back, like I would never take back those years. I would never be like, oh, I wish I never met this person. Oh, I wish it. No, because like when I was in my twenties and I was at Humboldt State, I was horribly lonely. I felt so alone because I was so close to my family and they weren't around. And him and my friend group became my family, and we had like great memories and times together. You know what I mean? Like he. Um, 
like luckily he he never he never interfered with my education like he always knew like okay he couldn't do it but he knew that it was important for me and that fueled me you know what i mean like there there were so many moments where i, yeah, I would i would not change it or take it back because if i changed it or took any of it back i literally would not be sitting here you know like i know exactly what you mean <laughs> it's you finally come to that moment that we always hope to come where you're like thank god for because if it weren't for all of this this would not be happening like, yeah. this whole package <laughs> so good job you thank you wow thank you. yeah yeah <laughs> thank you. and and uh, so to end this story i have still not heard back from my ex at, at all um just as but well. i know right but i i interestingly enough did get a facebook message from the ex-girlfriend and it was a photo of a teddy bear. And all it said was like, hey, you don't have to respond if you don't want to, that's fine. But look what I found today. And so the teddy bear, when, uh, when she wasn't around, I, I had this teddy bear that symbolized her and she had a septum piercing so I pierced the teddy bear's nose and I made it look like her <laughs> like that's that's the thing it's your it's your voodoo teddy bear <laughs> it, was. it was like a voodoo teddy exactly <laughs> but yeah but then the you know when she was around the teddy bear would go and have like a beer with me right and we'd have photos and and that's the message I got like a couple weeks ago was like hey look at what I found oh hey yeah and, and that was it like and that was it and it was, it was also interesting, too, because it also, I think, solidifies how far I've come and how much healing I've, I've gone through. Because in opening that message, one, I didn't have a panic attack. Great. Right? Two, there was no sense of emotional reaction or investment at all. Like, it wasn't like, oh, <gasps> it was just like, okay. Just peace. And that was it. Thank you. Let's hear it for growing. Let's Thank hear you. it for evolving. Let's hear it for time. Thank you. You have grown into the next stage of you. So, <laughs> so who knows what's going on? We'll find out. You're writing. You're working. Yeah. You're, Annette, you're reading your stuff all over the city. You're teaching. <laughs> yeah. And awesome. Um, Thank you. Now would be a great time to do a little of your own product placement in case people need to see you perform or buy your work or yeah. check out your website and do that again yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah uh yeah so once more uh my name is Ali Astadikapur this is the thank you I know. so this is my uh website so you can find me on Facebook you can find me uh, on Instagram I have a blog uh, and all of those have connections to <laughs> to my publications and readings so uh, I was recently in a v-series poetry anthology about all things v all things we have. There are so many. There are so many, yes. Um, but yeah, uh, so I got all kinds of things. All right, yeah. Check her out on the stuff on yeah. the thing. And uh, yeah, find us on the web. Um, be sure to subscribe. The yeah. link below, there better be a link below. Down there. Yeah, down there somewhere. Yeah. Um, look me up on Steam Healing Arts, also in the description. Mm -hmm. And work with us and discover the healing power of story yeah yeah totally and be sure to tune in next time thanks so much yeah thank you everybody thank, thank you bye, bye.